0: This is Jim Sherriff, and welcome to Contrary Evidence. During the past six weeks, we have seen proposed spending bills in excess of $6 trillion. Debate is raging on both the level of spending and the question of how it will be funded. We will discuss various tax proposals in future podcasts, but we will focus this week on discussing the question on whether the proposed spending must be completely funded or whether we can just add to our national debt. During the past year, we have seen our national debt grow by more than $4 trillion. Our national debt has tripled since 2007. Does the federal debt matter? This is a very complex topic, and I will attempt to present the debate in understandable terms. First, let's put our national debt in perspective. In 2000, the federal debt was 55% of GDP. In 2020, it rose to 129%. Argentina, which has had several debt crises in the past two decades, has a debt-to-GDP ratio of only 103%. Argentina has experienced annual inflation between 25% and 53% since 2017. We know that when a political party is in power, the national debt is viewed by that party as less important. The party in power can garner favor from the electorate by increasing spending or reducing taxes. When a political party is out of power, its members clamor for responsible spending and tax policies in order to keep the debt in check. Both parties are very hypocritical when it comes to the national debt. Traditional economists have always argued that when deficits get too high and the government increases its debt too rapidly, hyperinflation ensues. The economic argument for this is that the government is effectively devaluing the currency by printing more money, which increases the prices for goods and services. In addition, because the government is borrowing so much money through the financial markets, it raises the cost of borrowing for individuals and corporations. Increased borrowing costs leads to less consumer and corporate spending, which dampens the economy. Traditional economists claim that excessive national debt leads to two bad outcomes, high inflation and low economic growth. Argentina is often referenced as a good proof point of the perils of too much debt. The U.S. generally operates according to traditional economic models. The Congress controls spending and taxation and consequently determines the size of the national debt. This is called fiscal policy. The Federal Reserve controls interest rates and money supply, which are used to either tame inflation or stimulate the economy. This is called monetary policy. The Federal Reserve influences money supply by either buying or selling government securities. When it buys these securities, it effectively injects money into the economy. When it sells securities, it reduces the money supply. When the money supply is plentiful, interest rates tend to be low. When the money supply is tight, interest rates rise. There are many economists who embrace something called modern monetary theory, or MMT. This theory is quite comprehensive and controversial, But keeping the focus on the question of the importance of the national debt, let's focus on a few of its key assertions. This theory professes that countries that control their own currencies and who finance their debt in their own currencies have almost an unlimited ability to increase their national debt. In fact, many even assert that the federal government can simply print money for additional spending without issuing bonds to finance it. MMT contends that the national debt or the printing of money does not have a material impact on inflation and does not devalue a nation's currency. MMT tells us that we do not have to pay for increased spending by raising taxes. The proverbial, you can have your cake and eat it too. This theory contends that inflation is determined by the ratio of demand to supply. In other words, as long as there is sufficient supply of goods and services, increased demand created by more spending will not lead to inflation. If inflation does occur, MMT contends that the best solution is to increase the tax rates and take money out of the economy, which will cause a decreased demand for goods and services. If unemployment is the issue, MMT advises increased spending to create more jobs and lowering tax rates. MMT also believes that the Federal Reserve should always keep the benchmark rate at zero percent. Because increased interest rates always lead to job losses, the MMT advocates suggest that the rate should never be increased and that inflation should be addressed through tax rates. MMT basically challenges most assumptions we have made in the past about the roles of fiscal and monetary policies. It offers the promise that we can tackle far more of our national priorities, such as the environment, poverty, and improved health care for all through increased spending without incurring high inflation. It also recasts the role of taxation as a mechanism to tame inflation or stimulate the economy rather than simply as a way to fund government spending. Does Argentina prove the MMT to be flawed? Isn't it an example of excess debt leading to rampant inflation? In fact, Argentina does not disprove MMT. MMT only applies to countries that control their own currencies and finance their debt in their own currencies. Most of Argentina's debt was financed in foreign currencies. Are there country examples that support MMT? One good example is Japan. Japan has grown its debt-to-GDP ratio from 131% in 2000 to 266% in 2020. During that period, Japan has not had any periods of high inflation the annual inflation rate has never gone above 4%, and it has often been below 0%, which causes lots of other challenges to the economy. The Japanese economic growth has lagged during this period. The U.S. has also shown that increasing national debt can be accomplished without stoking inflation. As mentioned earlier, the national debt has tripled since 2007, During that 13-year period, annual inflation has never exceeded 3% and has averaged less than 2%. The other large countries have more moderate debt-to-GDP ratios. China, as an example, has a lower official debt-to-GDP than the U.S. over the past two decades, but it has experienced higher inflation. I began researching this episode, believing that I would find ample facts to discredit MMT. I found contrary evidence, and I now believe that we can support more national debt as a percentage of our GDP. The concept of MMT goes against everything that I have believed about the national debt for the past 50 years. However, the evidence I have found supports MMT. I do still have some qualms. In our current form of government, Congress moves relatively slowly to change fiscal policy. The Federal Reserve can move very quickly to change monetary policy. Congress makes decisions based on politics, while the Federal Reserve is largely independent and insulated from political pressures. If we are going to use fiscal policy to control inflation and to be the primary stimulant tool for the economy, I worry that our current legislative processes, combined with extreme partisanship, might make MMT extremely difficult to implement. The majority of economists and financial people do not believe in MMT. This disbelief can lead to a self-fulfilling prophecy. International currency exchange rates float based on people's expectations of the likelihood of inflation and the interest rates available in that currency. If people believe that inflation is going to happen, it can drive down the value of the currency. This makes goods made in the U.S. more competitive globally, but it increases the cost of goods bought from other countries. The other concern is the unknown upper limits of increased national debt or the long-term effects of simply printing money without issuing debt. What will be the unforeseen consequences? As such, I conclude that we should be comfortable increasing the national debt slowly and we should revise our tax code to be more dynamic. In other words, tax rates should automatically go up and down based on the state of the economy. Lastly, just because the government can increase spending and raise the national debt without triggering inflation doesn't mean that it should. The government does some things very well, but it tends to be less efficient, less dynamic, and less disciplined than the private sector. Big government leads to increased government dependency. Well-intentioned government spending can often have unintended negative consequences. The debate about the appropriate role and size of government is still valid even if we lessen our concern about the national debt. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the newest episodes. Have a good week and talk to you soon.